It's Hella Black, episode 56. Black at it again, you feel me? My nigga comes on consistently like he's reporting the nightly news. <laughs> so Man. It never fails. Get in where you fit in. It's like, it's you listen to Hella Black, you know what the shit. Go <laughs> It's Hella Black. It's Hella Black, baby. <laughs> hey, it's fit really, well, maybe like at the beginning, we used to do like the, uh, like the, to make fun of people. Yeah, we, we got to do, do one of those again, bro. Yeah. Like where we just. Trying. I don't know. That's when I was in my bag. I don't know. I feel like we kind of slacking on the creativity these days. I feel like we just didn't. We just did shit. Yeah. We just did it. I feel like now I like I think too much sometimes. You know, it's the price to pay. You know, stakes are a little higher. Niggas yeah. got patrons and shit. Stakes are higher. Niggas is you know doing thousands and thousands of streams. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Niggas is feeling that pressure to create the content. The pressure on. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who, who knows? The fans ain't complaining. If you listen to Hella Black and you're tired of hearing this nigga Blake introduce each episode like it's the <laughs> nightly news in the 1960s, let us know and we will come up with some better intro for you niggas. We might. Or we might just keep doing the same shit we've been doing. We can get creative, bro. Let's get in our bag. <laughs> We're going to switch it up. Did you do the music on the last episode? Yeah. Oh, see? So no, we put the music heights, nigga. My past few episodes, we had music coming in, dropping in, you know? It's called growth, my nigga. We had Shira had some shit, Shion G, uh, Tone Oliver. Some other shit too. I don't even know, but we've been having some some music, some audio transitions, you know, some audio editing and shit. You feel me? We trying to step the game up. Yeah, so thank y'all for rocking with us, and thank y'all for fucking with us. Shit, fifty six. No, it's not fifty six. It's not. Nah, fifty six just dropped. Yeah, I thought we just dropped fifty five. Yeah, cap. Yeah, I was doing good too. I thought we ain't <laughs> had this little discourse in a while. I thought niggas was doing a really good job. People would be making fun of us, too. Like, right. oh, we go back and forth. Like, which episode it is and shit. Like, damn, That's nigga. Can y'all niggas not write down the this episode? This is 56. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is 56. Right. Episode 56. So make sure you follow us on SoundCloud. Like our shit. Repost that shit. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. You feel me? Make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review. You feel me? Our podcast pretty much everywhere except Spotify because the niggas ain't fuck with us yet. But, you know. It is what it is. Or something. I don't know why we not on Spotify. Yeah. I submitted that shit, but that wasn't fucking with us. But Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, you feel me? It should offer free. If you want an extended episode, we have an extended episode. Literally, every single episode we do, $5 a month, patreon.com. So I show Black Pod for show. Tap in with that shit for show. Yeah. Support us, you know? Support your people. Support if you could buy a chicken, the chicken man, you could subscribe to Patreon.com. I had some funny ass shit to say, but I'm not gonna say it because I don't know. It was gonna be. Like, I don't know if it's problematic or not. I don't know if I got the range to it. It was gonna be good though, bro. You, you can't. Because <laughs> I can't not say it. And I just don't like, know. I don't know all. The, I was gonna gonna say support black men. That's not pretending to be black women with their content. But I don't know if that was is foul. That, is that too soon? I mean, I, that's kind of a spoiler <laughs> alert to some of this episode, too, I don't too, know though. if it was foul. <laughs> like, you know, what was we that uplifted thing? the voices of black women not pretending to be him. And I mean that in the sense of, like, the niggas, whoever that nigga was that was pretending Emo black to be a black something. Woman. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Tyler know? Perry. I just feel like that can be taken out of context <laughs> at any given way, but, yeah. you know. That's what Trust I yourself, man. Yeah. Trust yourself. I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny. Shit, we got a special guest on this episode, too. Yeah. Ooh. If you listen to the last episode, I don't know if that was extended content, but we kind of, like, dived into Tyler Perry, and I think we started talking about, like, black capitalists in Atlanta and shit. Yeah, that we, was on our we Patreon, dive too. into that for the next episode, so that's what we doing. Um, we was like, we don't have the range for this shit right now, so, like, we got to get a guest. You, you know me? what happens? I think people, especially when it comes to this community shit, and it's something we talk about out here, like, motherfuckers love speaking on other communities as opposed to just 
tapping in with the motherfuckers from out there, especially people with a platform, right? Like motherfuckers love to be, like we talked about this when Sean King came to Oakland. It was like, why is Sean King speaking on activism in Oakland? Like, for one, this nigga don't have a community anywhere, to be honest. Like, this nigga has a cyber community where he's just... Uh, it's a public, public service announcement. <laughs> this nigga not allowed in Oakland again. <laughs> like, well, this nigga just bounces around for different communities, right? Not to say that you can't go to another community and, like, build and like, talk this nigga wasn't even tapping in with motherfuckers, right? He was tapping in with other celebrities. Or, uh, consider that who knows? What we, he, know. he probably tapped in with the Oakland police. Yeah. <laughs> we just wasn't trying to speak for Atlanta, and we're not from there, and we don't live there, my nigga. So I'm like, how are we going to speak on some Atlanta shit without having a... ATLian on this motherfucker. Y'all still call yourself? Fuck. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, just, yeah. So we got Tasia with us. T, you know, rocking with us. How you doing? What's poppin'? I'm good. How are y'all? Shit. Another day. Another dollar. You know, <laughs> rocking. Out here dodging these crackers. Nigga. Yeah. A lot of Same crackers, here. man. Same here. I went to yoga earlier, so, you know. Ooh, well, you on your namaste <laughs> shit right now, huh? Well, yeah, so it's a trip. I actually am training to be a yoga teacher. Ooh, that's what's um, up. Yeah, because it's, it's something I've always wanted to do, and it'll be a part of some, you know, healing justice type work, too. I love to give back, so obviously my cert won't just be mine. It'll be for the community, too. That's, that's solid. I, yeah. I used to go to yoga a lot. Yeah, I used to go to, like, yoga for the people and shit, and Berkeley yeah. was, like, free. But there's always white people teaching that shit. It's wild. Like, I mean, I don't think people realize how, like, Yoga is like African and Indian and shit. Yeah, but when you think mm-hmm. about the ways in which it's been commercialized, it's like fucking white women. Yeah, like the way women advertised and shit, right? White women and woo women. Nigga, we is. have a spot. We have a spot in Berkeley, like right down the street from UC Berkeley, where it's donation based. Like you could come in and give a hundred dollars. You can come in and give nothing. It's all about what you have. As long as you bring a yoga mat, you can go for free. And yeah. it's hella people that don't know about it. You feel me? Like hella people. And this yeah, we still have. There's hella white people, white women mostly. We used to have pop-ups like that in the West End when I lived in a black community, like, in Atlanta. Like, I mean, the West End has started to gentrify now, but, like, a lot of black folks are super, like, on some comedic yoga type shit, and they love to have, like, pop-ups that are donation only. I'm like, so oh, this is lit. And it's a really cool, like, explicitly black place to be in. But definitely, definitely, like, on my side of Atlanta now, um, it's an all-white Lululemon affair. So it's... Ooh, that's what yeah, yeah, you know, because I had to go to the studio that's close to me. So I'm like, all right, because I have a car, but I don't drive. Like, nah, I walk in transit everywhere. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to relocate if I'm going to keep my practice up. You got a good green blueprint. <laughs> green blueprint. <laughs> Is that what they call that shit, or footprint? Oh, yeah. You know, they'd be like talking about like, oh, what's your green drive and shit? <laughs> like, did you bike to work today? I said blueprint. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, supposed to be better. <laughs> I'm in Oakland and Berkeley. Like, I'm supposed to be better about this environmental shit. But, I know, you know, right? I'm from Georgia. Like, I'm not supposed to know what's going on. <laughs> so, Taja, you're at um, GSU. That's Georgia Southern? Georgia State. Georgia, Georgia ah, State. Fuck. Yeah, Is GSU State not Georgia Southern as well? No. Okay, so the niggas who like GSU here, you know, we claim real GSU status. So, uh-huh. yeah. But, you know, I have I have real tension with my university, so I don't, I don't really take it for the niggas. Yeah, and that just shows me how... <laughs> I'm not tapped in with, with the black shit in Georgia because I just said Georgia Southern is GSU. No, it's yeah, it's, it's like sure. it's like the HU versus HU, you know, Hampton versus yeah. Howard. Is this similar type of shit? It's the same type of shit. <laughs> and we play each other in sports and everything. But um Who usually yeah. wins? You know, lately it's been Georgia State. It's wild in what? Georgia State in football and basketball lately. 
Actually. I, don't know. I, I was I was I thought it was GSU because I played Georgia Southern in football and they whooped our ass one year. So I was <laughs> well, assuming that their football team was hella raw. I don't know about Georgia State. Georgia Southern's football team was really, really, really good. Um back when I was an undergrad. So like like four years ago, maybe. Yeah, 2011 to 2015. Yeah. And then uh, Georgia State was actually a brand new team, so they had to build. But I don't know. For the last three years, it's like Georgia Southern has um, been in like a rebuilding phase or whatever. I don't really keep up with like small time Georgia sports. Like, mm-hmm. so I went to Alabama for undergrad. So. Oh, so you don't give a fuck about none of this shit. <laughs> yeah. So like, oh, this shit is Little League. This shit is Little League. This shit Pop Warner. Huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, like no, no, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's interesting. So on Saturdays, I definitely watch um, the Crimson Tide. That's my thing. Yeah. So you were uh, you a grad student over at GSU? Yes, I'm a graduate student in the Urban Studies Institute. Um, and it's funny since we're talking about Atlanta and sort of the class shit or whatever. I'm in the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies. So, um, you know, named for what the second Black Mayor of Atlanta, Andrew Young. Mm. Yeah, he be. And you know he's like a civil rights icon. So Atlanta loves the civil rights icon. So I studied. That's not the nigga who was like, "Turn your back on the police," or "I got my ass beat by the police," and I just turned the cheek. That's John Lewis. Okay. Um, but John Lewis and <laughs> yeah, I know it's a lot of fuckery here. But nah, um, John Lewis and Andrew Young do go hand in hand. I don't know if you ever seen Selma. They're the young niggas that's in the movie. Yeah. That, oh, okay. That actually go in there like on the ground organizing. That's John Lewis and Andrew Young. And yeah, we see them all the time and real life neoliberal fuck shit in Atlanta. Like it's, it's very interesting. Damn, I hope I hope they don't I hope like the next generation don't talk about us like that. My <laughs> man. My yeah, granddad generation. The niggas was soft. See how they do our legends. My, All they did was my treat my grandparents hate that shit. They'd be like, what do you mean you have you don't you don't like Andrew Hunt? I'm Fuck like Fuck that nigga. Yeah, <laughs> that nigga was you docile. Knew, <laughs> you knew sis you knew now, nah, when we was in the streets protesting in 2016, um, Andrew Young himself thought it'd be good to give the pigs a pep talk. And they were like, he was like, you guys know that those are some unlovable little brats out there in the streets. And like, he said, he called us unlovable brats. We made t-shirts out of that shit. But um, you that's know, just, like, just like kind of a weird, that's just weird. Yeah. yeah. And he was <laughs> like, like, what you made know, you think about that? Officers. I have no idea. He and made he the like, officers care packages? Yeah, he was, you know, I mean, he was full on. We were, like, occupying space. Like, I remember the police guy delivered, like, Chick-fil-A. And, like, you know, the whole government, like, the government board here, even though everybody's black and, like, legends, all the niggas was like, we want to we wanna thank the officers. We're like, Whoa. are you fucking serious? <laughs> yeah. And so, these are black people, too, right? A lot of the cops are black in Atlanta. A lot of them are. Oh, okay. Before we, because I, I want to talk some yeah, shit and, yeah. and set you up to talk some shit. But before we get <laughs> into that, I just at least want to give our listeners like more of a background into you and who you are and how you ended up doing the work that you're doing. Yeah. So um, I'm originally from Macon, Georgia, which is a smaller city, an hour and a half south of Atlanta. Um, and then I moved to the Atlanta area for high school um, back in 2011. Well, 2007, 2011. Um, and so I didn't really get to know the city until I had left. Um, Alabama to come back to Georgia State for my last year undergrad and for my grad school years. And so my last year as an undergraduate, I started getting involved in like public policy and public health stuff. And so I started, you know, doing more on the ground, like volunteering. Um, And I got involved on campus with um, the Malcolm X grassroots movement, um, their student organizing body. And so we would do like radical political education. 
And so it was kind of like I'd have, you know, an in-the-classroom education, you know, during school time and then after school, like, I'd be building with some pretty dope, like, revolutionary Black folks. And so when the shit popped off um, in Mizzou, uh, you remember, like, it was some racial or some racist shit that happened in Mizzou back in, like, 2014 or 2015. Um, there was, like, this national call for student organizers to sort of um, be in solidarity with the Mizzou folks. And so in Atlanta, um, students from Georgia State that I was aligned with, that with students from the AU Center, so Morehouse Spelman, Clark Atlanta, and uh, Emory University, Georgia, and Georgia Tech. And we all, like, organized Atlanta Black Students United. Um, and we were in solidarity with Mizzou, but then we started, you know, being in solidarity with each other and doing like coordinated community organizing activities, both like on our campuses and in the Atlanta community. That's what's up. And the Missouri stuff was like the when they was working with the football team and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like concerned yeah, student nineteen yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know uh Storm. Oh damn, that's wild. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. It's a trip because it's like I feel like all of us at some point got plugged into that shit if you was black and in college at the time. Right. All those group meetings and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I started building community with the with the student based organizers there. And um we made it an intention of Atlanta Black Units Atlanta Black Students United, the group that came out of that work, to be intentional about popping black college students um community bubble and saying like, you know, your school isn't some silo. And so me being at Georgia State, I got involved with the Turner Field communities which is right south of here. And Turner Field is where the Braves used to play and where Georgia State University now plays football. But it's a historically black community that's been underdeveloped. Black folks there have been organized around shit for a long time. And um, working with them on their, um, you know, various campaigns, I got really deep into um, advocating for black folks in the city. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild because... I think uh, like Blake and I have had this conversation around Oakland and well, not so much as of late. Cause I think like Oakland, you know, has like a rich black history. Oh yeah. Um, so I think when you hear about these places that have like all this, especially like, so I think Atlanta is now like the fucking mascot for like what black thriving can look like in America. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But you don't realize. So we talked about, you know, you made the point of like having a black mayor fucking black police force. Right, but like y'all still having the need to navigate the anti-blackness, the white supremacy right? shit, those Absolutely. systems in a city like Atlanta. And I think like, yeah, I don't know if you want to like, uh, like, yeah, ex expand on that. How motherfuckers is in this place that's predominantly black, a lot of black folks in power, but y'all still got to fucking organize across the state to get what y'all need. Yeah, so that shit is very interesting. I'm glad you brought that one up. So Atlanta has this reputation of being known as the black mecca. And so all the way back to, like, basically emancipation, Atlanta became the poster child of, like, a place where Black folks could come and progress in the South. And so um, if you read about a, lo a lot of the city's history, you got, like, this, I guess, double-sided double developing of Black Atlanta. So it was, it was a tale of two Atlantas. Matter of fact, when W.E.B. Du Bois was here um, at Atlanta University, and he wrote, um, he wrote Souls of Black Folks, and when he starts talking about um, sort of the talented tenth and shit, like that was very much inspired by the black bourgeoisie versus like the black poor um, in Atlanta at the time. And so there's this long history all the way back to that time of the affluent black folks 
making major strides due to like education. And then they started these big capital institutions. They developed, you know, black suburbs and black neighborhoods. And, you know, they always had their thing, but it was always at the expense of them sort of lifting as we climb or doing uplift work for the really poor Atlantans. And so as shit went on and, you know, they were able to establish their wealthy black enclaves. You had a lot of lower middle class and poor black folks, you know, stuck in public housing projects, stuck, stuck in slums. And then when they tore down the housing projects, you know, they get displaced. And so it's, Atlanta does a very good job of erasing that history while uplifting the history of, look, like we've only had black mirrors since 1970. Right. Um, and it's like always yeah. been good for black people. And I think that's right. like a really important point that you made, like even back to Du Bois time. Right. And he, that's when yeah. he wrote Talented 10th which a lot yeah. of people just go with and like, oh, we need to be the talented 10th, we need lawyers, all this shit. I'm like, Du Bois did not fuck with the talented 10th at the end of his life. No. You know what I mean? Didn't. But like, mm-hmm. even back in that time, like there was still black poor folks, even though Atlanta was kind of praised as this, you know, Mecca, as you was talking about. Yeah. And it's interesting because I live actually in the Sweet Auburn district of Atlanta, which is, Sweet Auburn was historically like known as the, the richest Negro street in the world. So there's like black financial institutions here or worse, or they're a lot smaller now, but um, clubs, this is, you know, the main street to the neighborhood, the old fourth ward where Martin Luther King was raised. And so like, I literally live three blocks from the Martin Luther King Center. It's a trip because I like, I just thought of time, I'm like, yo, my neighborhood is like a fucking museum and that's gentrified as fuck. Yeah. And it's like, the only thing that reminds us that black people were here are all these goddamn like, you know, museum pieces and like murals and shit that says like Negroes were here. It's wild. But there's no black people actually living there. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's very few. Very like, few. Very few. And if they are here, they're affluent and they bought in on the neighborhood like when the shit was in the sticks during the recession. Um so yeah, a lot of our a lot of our gentrification in Atlanta came from like the huge real estate bus and a lot of like black communities just going under. And um white investors and non-black investors and even some rich black investors just capitalizing say, off of like I was, niggas poor. Yeah. It's hella black ass housing like flippers and shit in Atlanta. Man, Ooh. I was, I went to um, fucking, I'm trying to figure out where I saw Clarissa speak at in February. Um, was that Spellman or Morehouse? I think it was Spellman you said. Yeah, and the yeah. nigga T.I. was there talking about like uh, buying a hella property and shit and uh, gentrifying <laughs> your hoods before they do all that kind of shit. You know, the shit that the the black affluent folks tend to spill. That should be having me so, so they be having me really fucked up. And I, I hate that like so many other poor black folks fall victim to this shit. Cause it's like, fam, that is not what liberation looks like. Inclusion for some is not liberation for all. Like, Exactly. That nigga T.I. so fucking loud and wrong all the time and I'm sick of it. He was, he was, just, on, he was just on the, like Alex Jones shit. Nigga has a podcast. That, like, I hate right wing oh. conspiracy theorist. He just so said some shit it. like, oh, the Impossible Burger is meant to keep black people like not thinking this shit. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, what are you talking about? <laughs> the fuck are you talking he about? He said, you see it expeditiously. <laughs> <laughs> he just got bad like hotel politics and I'm just like, I'm yeah. tired. I'm tired. Him and Killer Mike, like both of them get on my fucking nerves. And I say it all the time, like, I don't have too much love for a lot of these like super affluent like Atlanta artists and shit. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Y'all be up here supporting the same. We got a lot of black good old boy sort of regime politics yeah. that happen here because the government is so black and shit. And so it's just like it's a trip because niggas that we grew up on the trap niggas are now like integrated into that system. So like 
we don't. And they're preaching for mayor. the system too. Yeah, we don't fuck with our mayor. But then, like this nigga Ti and this nigga Killer Mike are on her transition team. They're basically like on her preliminary, like um, her like team to like set up the next four years for the city. And I'm like, it's all capitalist growth. Like they do not give a fuck about us. Do you think niggas is that naive or just like it's all a part of the like agenda? Uh, I think it's both and to be honest, because it's like I said, it's so much of the culture here. And it's a trip because in school I study um, urban studies and women's gender sexuality studies. And so, um, but my research interest is on the trap and like both like trap music and trap culture, but also like critically thinking about trap. So like critical geographies of traps, where they located, that type of shit. And then also like its relevance to Atlanta and like what, you know, the trap power structure looks like. Cause I'm like, yo, y'all, came up on these aesthetics of being broke and like, you know, in the projects and doing this shit and so down for the hood, so down for the community and like your hoods don't exist anymore, but you sitting here like tap dancing with the government. So it's it's very interesting how like what we live here in Atlanta every day and how we perceive our culture as people who stay here, how we view it versus like the rest of the world is pitched it and gets to consume it is it's super interesting. There's a lot of propaganda I feel like about that. Yeah, it is. It definitely is a lot of propaganda. Like this oasis, like, almost yeah. like the Mecca. Like, oh, yeah, you black, you go there, and it's everything is good, which yeah. is clearly not the case from what you were saying. Yeah, it's a trip. I was watching the um, Noisy episode from Vice, and, like, I fucking hate Noisy and Vice. Is that the one with 21 Savage? Yeah, um, so, 20, like, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm citing that for, like, one of my papers. I fucking love 21, by the way. But anyway. Like, there's a scene where he's talking about, he talks about the Black Mecca, like, he says that shit. And um, I think the question is, like, you know, where does trap fit in in the Black Mecca or whatever? And he was like, you know, there ain't no Black Mecca without the trap. Like, ready to the niggas who constitute the Black Mecca, like, they got to get their drugs from somewhere. And I'm like, oh, damn. Like, that was, 21 is, a, is an intellectual. And he drops a lot of, a lot of gems. He has a lot of good reads about the city. So how's uh, GSU been for you? I know Ooh. I saw you tweeting about that last night, and I was like, you really coming with some fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Georgia so State. You know, around the homecoming, and um, you said you didn't want to go to the stadium? Hell no. Like, I literally refuse to do anything at that stadium. Is so, it the stadium like, was, where, the, where the Falcons play? No, it's the stadium where the Atlanta Braves used to play. So the That's Braves, new too? Yeah, so the Braves moved outside the city, right? So back when I was talking about um, organizing with Atlanta Black Students United, um, one of our areas of concern was the, the neighborhoods surrounding Turner Field. So we did a lot of outreach there because it's in GSU's backyard. Um, and so in doing that work, we connected with some dope Black elders who have been organizing for like 40, 50 years on the justice for that neighborhood. And they've been displaced twice by the stadium that we're talking about. So the stadium we're talking about is the city's first major stadium. Um, it was developed back in the 60s, where the white mayor at the time basically used federal urban renewal dollars instead of building black public housing. He Jesus. built the stadium. Crackers, <laughs> so, fucking yeah. out in jail. Because <laughs> it was the 60s in Atlanta. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> Whiteness. so this, that shit is awful. So the shit happens. And then he also, you know, allows the highways to go through the neighborhood. So what used to be a really thriving. Like I swear, this should really yeah, do sound, sound like, like, like in my mind while you're talking, like the same shit is happening right now in Oakland. And it's also happening. Yeah. And it's, ha yeah, oh. like highways and shit too. It shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a super common thing for like black communities and in, in cities in America. That shit, wow. 
So they built the highways through there and like, you know, Stokely Carmichael went down there and like helped. He amped up an uprising like back in the 60s after the police shot a man in the neighborhood. Yeah, and like, you know, the whole bunch of like fucking, um, you know, police like brutality instances down there and they they had uprisings. That was in the 60s. And the elder that I was doing the work from, you know, bridging the work with GSU with, he was actually a part of those uprisings in the 60s. So like they've been pushing for rights to land and space and to not be displaced in this community since back in the day since SNCC was in atlanta um mm-hmm. so fast yeah so fast forward to the 90s um the olympics come and the same stadium is built across the street from the one that we got in the 60s and they tear the one down from the 60s um because atlanta loves its stadiums and there's i heard that way- a has hella stadiums like they just yeah, tearing them shit is. down and building new ones hell yeah so we've gotten like two brand new ones in the last five years and then they've redone the arena where the Hawks play um, and sold it to State Farm from Phillips. So it's, it's crazy, like the sport infrastructure. And then, of course, we have all these colleges here. And so now every college has a stadium on top of um, the, the professional shit. So it's hella sports shit. But it comes from us being an Olympic city. So um, they have to build hella sports infrastructure that displaced even more Black folks for the Olympics. And so... Um, yeah, so I got involved with the neighbors around this last sort of push for a stadium redevelopment in the neighborhood. And with those Black folks having gone through, like, a lot of trauma related to displacement and um, organizing and shit, like, they were absolutely trying to be on the front end of the development. When they heard that the Braves were leaving back in 2014, they organized the Turner Field Community Benefits Coalition. And so um, we got wind or rumor that Georgia State would be interested in buying the stadium once the Braves left, because they're the only university that didn't have their own stadium. They were playing in the Georgia Dome where the Falcons played, which was also about to get torn down because they were building the new Mercedes-Benz Dome. So you have two major, like, stadium disputes happening at the same time in the city. You got the folks on the west side where I lived fighting against the new um, Atlanta Falcons Mercedes Dome, and then you have the folks on the south side fighting against the Georgia State University acquisition of Turner Field. Um, all black communities all around the same shit. Um, so the neighbors wanted to put together a community benefits agreement. And they, I mean, it was hella work. So I, like my biggest, some of the biggest research projects that I've done in college have been for this project. And I always say, as I'm getting this master's degree, like it's not mine, it's the communities because I spent more time like in community meetings, doing pro bono research at city hall, helping write legislation, advocate for legislation, shutting down city hall meetings and shit like for this community um against this stadium so i'm like i've learned way more you know in the field than i have at georgia state hello um, the community be a fucking classroom <laughs> exactly it's, it's wild because we're about to start doing like some research and shit for like policy around homelessness in the bay area and we just like had a meeting around this oh, yeah. night so for you to come on here and start talking about this shit is like hella motivating for me yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah I mean, they try to say, like, if you don't try to save yourself, but, you know, they're going to develop shit anyway, but they like to give the community, you know, an opportunity to at least oppose. So, I mean, it's to the point now where, like, niggas oppose shit so much in Atlanta that, like, it's become a part of the development narrative. The process. Like, so, it's yeah, the process. So, like, all right, these niggas going to uprise on week two, right, we going, and yeah. then we going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they know oh, how to game plan for it. PR. That shit so, is so annoying. I'm like, how the fuck did my protest? become PR for you, like, in your police department. Y'all so fucking wild. Yeah, that's so, like propaganda right there. Yeah. So Georgia State acquires a stadium, and they form this, like, 
shady partnership with this private developer, um, Carter Development, fuck them. Um, and they dropped this fancy ass master plan for the whole area. So it's not just a stadium renovation. They also build privatized student housing, which starts at eleven fifty a month. So you know how they have those like Jesus. three, four, yeah, those three, four bedroom, you know, all inclusive. You get your room and your bathroom and all your bills are together. Like when I was in school, that shit used to be five to seven hundred dollars. Like they talking about eleven fifty for the cheapest plan. That shit sound like know. the Bay Area. How is niggas supposed to pay for yeah. this shit? Students, if it's especially student in Atlanta. Especially in Atlanta where niggas don't make wait like our wages don't go up with these real estate prices. That's like, wild. They not paying they not paying niggas here what they would at least try to pay people in California. Like that shit that's another myth of the black mecca. People move here like, oh I'm gonna move to Atlanta, it's cheap. It's fucking not not in the city. And not in the cities immediately surrounding. Yeah, somewhere. niggas just take like Georgia as Atlanta. That's not how it works, fam. No, yeah, exactly. You go outside of the A, it's, it's a <laughs> like, whole different place. That's not how it works, fam. <laughs> yeah, it's not. And I'm like, I need you to fucking stop. And so, yeah, so they build all this shit. They put coffee shops up and down the street. A lot of the abandoned buildings they redo and they put in like things that just don't reflect the values of the community. Nor is it, you know, as, as far as locally owned goes, it's not locally owned by the black folks in the neighborhood. So everything that the community organized against, like they didn't get, Georgia State was very much like, we are not giving you a CBA. You know, the negotiations, they were part of the negotiation team were super shady. And basically because the university is a major institution, they have their own police force and they were partners with developers who has, you know, the city governance in their pocket. You know, we we didn't even really stand a chance. So we spent three years on that work it culminated in um a massive like tent city out front of the gates of the university stadium yeah um, i was talking about that on the podcast with him yeah I- yeah so and that's it's interesting so Deshaun and clarissa have been on here and um all of this work that i'm talking about like i did with them too so when i was awesome. a part of the yeah the black students organization like Deshaun and clarissa were uh big time organizers coming out of the auc and then when we transitioned into the Turner Field work, you know, we all were together under the same umbrella for these residents. So we were organizing shifts, you know, to take some of the capacity off of managing a tent city from, because these are black elders, mind you. Like a lot of these folks are, you know, 45, 50 plus. And, um, you know. So it was elders who started, it was elders who started the black tent city? Find, yeah, it was, find the city. it was elders. Yeah. So they had organized through their housing justice league organization and through, um, the Turner Field Community Benefits Coalition um, organization, they hosted an anti-gentrification march in April of 2017. And they started at a community center and all marched down to the stadium. Um, and then when they got there, you know, it was a rally and the, the neighbor said, fuck it, we occupy it indefinitely until GSU comes to the table and we have, you know, adequate negotiations where we can make our points and we can come to some sort of deal because they, their neighbors meant it. They were like, no CBA, no deal. They were like, you will not develop on the grounds of this stadium um, without us having some sort of CBA. Um, now obviously, we didn't get the CBA, but the, um, the action lasted 64 days, and it was actually dismantled by Georgia State University police. Like, one morning, people had just got up. It's a camp. Like, niggas were, were legit sleeping out. Yeah. We would have breakfast. We would build in the morning. Like, it was a thing. People were getting up and the university came out there. They were tearing up tents. They were, you know, packing up the food. Like they literally destroyed our camp and it came out of nowhere because, you know, the university or the the negotiating team had agreed that they would leave our camp alone. 
we had to agree to like certain rules of conduct. It was just some, it was some shady shit as yeah. far as negotiations go, but it ended up being torn down by the pigs. And I'm like, I will never do anything in this fucking stadium. I graduate in December and because it's going to be cold, we're not having a stadium graduation, but I promise you if that shit would have been in the stadium, I'm like, I'm not marching. I'm not taking pictures in front of this shit. I'm not being seen at this shit because I don't stand for it. Yeah, that's a protest so, zone. Yeah, fuck that shit. Is Georgia State a public school? Yeah, Georgia State is a state university. Okay. And they have the um, biggest the biggest enrollment in the state, too. Yeah. Um, so hella people, like, commute here because it's downtown in the city. And actually, when they built all the shit around the new stadium, they took a lot of student parking. And I'm not somebody who advocates for driving and parking because I believe in, like, walking in, supporting the transit system. But, you know, the way our shit is built out here, like, that shit is not feasible for everybody. Like, we don't have transportation outside of the main heart of the city area. Not out the, in the suburbs. The Marta. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of students legit driving to Georgia State 30, 40 miles away. I remember I was displaced from um, my neighborhood last year, West End, and I had to go move in with my parents who live in, like, the north, uh, northeast suburbs. So they live in Gwinnett, where the Migos are actually from. I guess, mm-hmm. I guess that's rele- relevant, relevant uh, information. But they live up there. And that shit's like 40 minutes away. And so like I was, I remember I was, yeah, so I was getting up, parking at a parking ride, getting on a commuter bus and busing in like 25 minutes every morning. And like, there are a lot of people who drive that shit every day to our school. And the students, my, my other argument against the issue was if you go say fuck the community, at least take care of the students. So like the students didn't get anything out of the deal. We got most of our parking taken, which is a bigger burden on us. There was no dorms, and GSU needs dorms because a lot of people commute because they can't afford an apartment in the city. And then the um, apartments that they did build were too expensive for students. So I'm like, you you increase the enrollment as a part of the neoliberal universities like regime, and then you develop shit that's not for students or communities, and you expect us to be okay with this shit when students are literally sitting in an hour's worth of traffic and they get downtown and having to spend 30, 40 minutes of parking and just to go to school. Like, that shit's ridiculous. So now What's the I point of no... going to that motherfucker? Like, is it prestigious? Like, I don't... Well, like... GSU's cheap. Like, it's like they don't want niggas to come there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's interesting how the politics of GSU works. So, like, they taught themselves on granting more black and brown degrees a year than any other university in the country. Um, so uh, we're not a historically yeah, black college by any stretch, but we're definitely a predominantly black and brown institution. There's a lot of Latinx folks, a lot of um, Asian folks, and a lot of black folks here at um, Georgia State, predominantly black folks. Um, and so in, it, GSU very much mirrors like the power structure of the city of Atlanta because there's a lot of you know your more popular, more affluent, students who are involved on campus especially in the sga and shit they're super respectable you know it's very Does like the SGA like their student government <laughs> yeah so we have we've had to turn up on them niggas about you know the turner fuel shit so i'm like y'all yeah. didn't even read the agreement when you sound on behalf of the students of the school right um so, yeah i think yeah. that kind of like leads us into like the next question is like how like what does it mean for you you know being from the area and then having students who just like kind of be maybe not from the area, but also be like anti the movement, but you're, you know, like a radical student who's organizing against the shit that's happening. Like, what was that? Like, what was that divide? Like, cause I know that there had to be some shit. Oh my God. That shit. That was, I've never been more frustrated about shit in my life. 
Um, I don't understand the culture of respectability around black young folks. I'm like, yo, they've been killing us for like hundreds of years, my nigga. Like, clearly this university is not going to save you. The suit's not going to save you. Like, at least hear us out. And so back in the time of doing both work on my own campus and then, you know, being in solidarity with other campuses, it's just like, what is it going to take for black students to give a fuck about, you know, not just the university, but the community around it, especially because Georgia State and the AU Center, a lot of the students get good ass jobs in Atlanta and stay here. And, you know, like your entry level salary, you probably gonna move into some of these gentrifying, like predominantly black uh, communities that are around your school. Like it just is what it is. And I'm like, you have four years to understand both the revolutionary history of this city and the very like shitty neoliberal, you know, black supported like regime sort of fuck shit of the city. Like you can learn both while you're in school and the community teaches you that. But there are a lot of folks who just really don't care. Like this is a city that's a heartbeat for a, for capitalist development. There's hella Fortune 500s here. You know, there's a lot of attention here. We got a lot of fucking entertainment shit happening here. So it's like hella students move here with big dreams and they like, I want to be a part of that. Like I want to be Atlanta's 30 under 30, like awesome in the room with these motherfuckers type shit. And I'm sitting here, an organizer, I'm like, I sit in the room with the fucking mayor all day. We get in arguments. Like, you know, I, I've shut down her meetings. Like, you know what I'm saying? That Being in the room with them is like, gives a student like me, like, no type of, you know, yay, I want to go home and cheer about it. Like, the right. That's because you anti, you anti the system, though. <laughs> when you, when yeah. you even the system and have fallen victim to yeah. the, the politics a lot of, students- of the black the black bougie folks you feel me like that shit means yeah. something to them yeah they be yeah. on the, the resume shit like all right yeah you feel me i'm finna put yeah. that shit on my linkedin i sat at the table with the mayor <laughs> like no <laughs> the mayor I is actually doing fuck shit for our community and i absolutely get it like like i said i'm from Macon. i'm not from atlanta originally and like my whole city is you know very much trapped out like there's like not a lot of opportunity it's just a lot of like de- like a really big depressed black community there like the schools are shitty, you know, it's the white people live in the North area and they get all that they want at the expense of everybody else. And it's very much like a typical small Southern city. And so I can understand how niggas who I grew up with, if they get the opportunity to get to a place like Georgia State or to get to the AU Center. And, you know, they would want to take all the steps that they can to just play it safe because, you know, it's either you make this shit work or go home to what? Because ain't shit like where you from. So I I understand that. And, um, you know, I've met a lot of students who had opposing views and then, you know, came to one meeting or came to one event and then started getting down and started learning and, you know, changed their ways. But that's one in a million, I guess, like a one in 10 on some real shit. And then, you know, people are also down for shit in college and then they they tend to transition out of caring um, when they grow up and, you know, niggas have to adult, which is... I mean, something I don't like, but something I can understand too, because this adult shit in this city is not like surviving in this bitch is not easy. So, right. Yeah. yeah, I know. Even for like myself, I've I feel like in the past I've romanticized the A, especially like mm-hmm. Georgia and shit, because you feel me, like niggas from Oakland and shit, niggas you know in the Berkeley East Bay area, like our family from the South, you know, like my granny, yeah. she from uh, Marshallville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. so for me i'm like damn i kind of romanticize like damn like, what would it be like to go back you yeah. know what i mean and then it's like kind of pushed on like atlanta as like this mecca but in reality for black folks it's never been for the masses of black people it's never been that way 
Mm-mm. And um, the Go thing ahead. about, I guess, like the reverse great migration shit, like, I guess that's another thing that contributes because there were a lot of black folks who did, you know, like you said, move away and then, you know, got really good jobs where they were at. Yeah. Session happened. And then Katrina they come happened, back. And they come back. And, and then they contribute like, to gentrification, right? Yeah, and Atlanta has a lot yeah. of a lot of black transplants for for that reason, not just coming here to chase a bag, but like, you know, I got stuck up here in New York. This shit is expensive. Fuck it, I'm moving to Atlanta. That's that's sort of a trope here. That's another one of those like propaganda ish pieces that's pushed out about the city. Like, if you want to improve your life, like, how about move to Atlanta? Right. I feel like <laughs> a lot of people, especially in Oakland, be like, oh yeah, just move back to the South, man. Like, go to the A. This shit popping. And like that shit is not true. <laughs> yeah. It's popping. But, it's popping, you know. but it's not popping for everybody. <laughs> you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So we was also talking about, you know, on the last episode, we was talking about like Tyler Perry. And we was in, you know, like the we have Patreon, so we have like an extended episode. We was trying to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like that was you know, especially thinking about black capitalism, black activism, all that shit, like Tyler Perry was really coming up. Yeah, like, all the different responses. I mean, it really depends on what your timeline looked like. Yeah. Like, most of my timeline was like not fucking with it, but then like I'll see like some quote tweets of people like counter arguing this shit or whatever, like mm-hmm. counter arguing fucking motherfuckers who was in favor of it. And I just thought, you know, we thought it would be dope to hear from somebody that's out there in the space. Like, I'm like, what has the reaction been by the city? And as someone who's like on the ground in the community, what has your reaction been? What has the community's reaction been to mm-hmm. the Tyler Perry shit? Especially just thinking about all this gentrification that's been going on in the A with, yeah. you know, your university, you know, from tech companies coming to the A and shit like that. And now it's, yeah. you know, Tyler Perry and his, his film studio. Like, what's your thoughts on that? So that's interesting that you get me to talk about Tyler Perry because, like, I had a tweet go viral, viral. I don't know how many retweets and shit is because I had to mute it yeah, but it was thousands of yeah but it was thousands of comments and I've never had a tweet have that many like replies usually people will retweet that shit or quote tweet that shit but like the comment stream the last time I checked was at over like 2,000 comments that should be trash I, huh? yeah and when I clicked like the engagement it was like 4 million people had saw that shit and I'm like oh this is this is wild because, like, I ain't never had a tweet take off in that manner. I've had shit kind of go mid-mile, but or mid-viral, but not like that. And it's funny because the last tweet that I had that really took off was also about Tyler Perry. So when he made the speech in the summer at the BET Awards about buying the fucking studio, about that shit being, like, formerly owned by the Confederacy, I'm like, this is some bullshit. Oh, this is some bullshit. Um, but he was like, you know, this is my land. Look what I built. Y'all trying to sit at a table. Come to Atlanta, sit at mine. I'm like, this is some black capitalist bullshit. Like, it's what your the, table what, what is your land, land, nigga? Like, nigga, <laughs> like Native fuck? American land. That's the first and foremost that's, shit. First of all, yes. <laughs> first that's of all, some you black thought. Creek land. That's literally <laughs> like black creeks lived down there. That that was yeah. So I'm like, this is all wrong. So I tweeted about that, and then I tweeted about the studio. So. The video, did y'all see the videos of people giving like the tour? I guess it was from yeah, I, I turned it off after like after six seconds. What I saw, like, motherfuckers, you know, like when you get on the plane, it'd be the <laughs> yeah. niggas with the orange sticks and shit. When I saw that shit, I'm t- I turned that shit off. I'm like, bro, I'm not fucking with this. Yeah, so I had quote tweeted that shit, and I was like, this is dystopic. I'm like, we live in a fucking city with like 
a homelessness and affordable housing crisis. And we have let a black capitalist come in and develop 330 acres of land with a fake subdivision. Like we have a replica of the fucking White House on the south side of like, Atlanta where our cap is from. Like, and, and it's like where this shit sits is a black ass part of the city. Like very much untouched blackness, historically black. Like you name an artist from Atlanta, this is from where they from, like the airport area. So this is like right before you get to the airport. And it's where like Outkast and TLC and Usher and Sierra, Usher. all the niggas is from there. Yeah. And I'm I'm just like, this shit is this is this is ridiculous that this just like sit in the community. And so people on Twitter was like, you know, y'all don't want to see black people do nothing. This shit is something big for everybody. He's the first black man with a studio. What does this, this mean? Shit. What does this actually mean for, for black I'm folks? Like, what does it actually mean? I don't care about your progress narrative. And they were like, well, this has the potential to provide this. I said, see, that's the thing about it. Y'all get enamored with fucking potential. Why, like, why it could have been it from so, the jump, though. Like, why are y'all so determined? It could have been it from the jump, though. Like, why, why do we have yeah. to wait for him to, to, to put all the pieces into play? Y'all know what he got planned. Chestnut checkers. What? Like, that's like, the same nigga, he did it from the start. It's like, bro, that nigga net worth is like at least $300 million. Exactly. Potential, like, nigga. I don't want to hear no potential from no three hundred million dollars, nigga. nigga. And they kept yelling at me, talking about he's providing jobs, and I'm like, you know what? Since y'all want to listen, I'm like, literally, I'm like, he hey, hasn't hired people from the fucking neighborhood, and I'm like, people who work in that community, live in that community. Like, I'm gonna retweet them. People who work at City Hall will tell you most of the jobs that have come in for that studio in particular, and most of the film industry are from people outside of Atlanta who bring their skills here. And they have to live, so they stay in gentrified. This, so is my this is my thing, right? Like, yeah. let's let's say let's say the nigga employed people and was on some real like I'm finna empower y'all and pay y'all wages to where y'all can actually not live just survive, thrive. but thrive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A nigga with those politics isn't taking up 300 acres. Mm-mm. Period. Absolutely not. Like, Absolutely a nigga, not. a nigga with those politics is finna just redistribute his wealth from the get go. He not finna exactly. build a fat ass studio. Like, no, he's not about to do that. A nigga and who's about the people not doing that. That shit's super carceral too. Like there's fences around it. There's privatized security. The last thing that community needs is more police. It's already Bruh. around the corner from the airport. Like it's. I'm like. So he's probably going like, further, like policing in that area too. Duh, because oh, yeah. obviously he don't like black people. And who coming in, in that area asset. too? Yeah, that's a major asset. Like this city, like all cities, is here to protect capital. Like cities are sites of capital of capital accumulation. So they aren't built for people. They're built for capitalism it's like the literal capitalist machine is a city and so the way that that shit works we want to talk about like the black government structure here Shasim reed who was the mayor before keisha was the one who gave tyler perry the sweetheart deal to develop that land so atlanta develops on primarily through these things called tax allocation districts so basically they'll carve up an area on a map and say this area is underdeveloped and we want to stimulate development in that area. And so we'll freeze the property taxes at this rate today. And then the revenue from increases in property taxes from um, develop big developments will take the difference, put it in bonds, and then release it to stimulate more development. In so order it's basically for that, on some colonial ass shit. Yeah, so it incentivizes gentrification. So in order for bonds to raise, You've got to have a big ass anchor development, which is why we have stadiums, which is why we have the Beltline Walking Trail, which is why we have all these apartments and shit coming and these like mixed use developments that are super cookie cutter. Film studios like the Tyler Perry studios, that shit being developed does so much more for the city's balance sheet. Now they can 
you know, put developments all around it based off the revenue from that one spot alone, which was also my biggest issue. So Kasim Reed sold Tyler Perry that land for $30 million, 330 acres of land that used to be military, owned by the U.S. military. So it was basically public land because it was government, you know, land managed by the city. But neoliberalism means like the government shrinks and the private sector grows. So in order for the city to not have to worry about Fort McPherson anymore, it was in their best interest to sell it to somebody like Tyler Perry, a private millionaire developer. And then he has a black face. Atlanta has this billion dollar film industry. So there's just more and more things to keep packaging on the Atlanta box of excellence, like move here, invest here, come here, because look at all the shiny things we have. Look, we have this black ass air quote, black ass Tyler Perry studios here. We you know, got black cops, yeah. we got black judges, we got <laughs> yeah. black men. Black millionaires. Like it's blickety black. Like bring bring your black capitalist ass down here and let's let's build. And I'm like, this shit is sickening. Like I cannot believe we have empty houses. Like Tyler Perry was bragging about the shit on his studio campus being um built to the housing code of the city. So like we're within code, these are like real houses. I'm like, but they sit empty. And half my neighborhood is homeless. I don't like, fucking get it. Like, cool, you follow a code, but nigga, all you're doing is shooting films. Yeah. And so it's not going to be used all the time. It's, I'm like, this is crazy. And the city just shut down, like, its largest homeless shelter two, two years ago, back in 2017. I'm like... And it shows the priorities of the city. Absolutely. At the same time, they're signing contracts to develop land. I mean, the thing is, also, like, this film industry shit is, like... This Tyler Perry shit is but a, like another stepping stone for the film industry. Like over the past Absolutely. like ten years, hella movies have been coming to Atlanta. Oh yeah, hella studios Hell yeah. have been coming to Atlanta. Like nigga, Black Panther was shot there. Mm-hmm. Hella Marvel, like the scene the in Marvel the Avengers. Shit. Yeah, like the Marvel, yeah. the Marvel shit w- was shot in Atlanta. When and, they're in uh Japan and shit, like they yeah. shot that shit down the street from your Broad Street. Like it's it's a trip. You'll just be walking and you'll see the cones and signs, and it's like. Street clothes, sidewalk clothes, parking lot clothes, like hella random police and privatized security because this is a film set. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to go to work. Like, I'm not about to have no customers because y'all shooting a film on my street. Like, I don't have no tips. Now I'm fucking broke. Like, that yeah. shit is real here. It, it's it's I, a um, it's an example of what happens when people like fucking get blinded by the people that represent that like are the face of the system and not the actual system right so when you talk yeah. about the government when you talk about the film studios when you talk about the police when you talk about the colleges when you talk about whatever right like people specifically since we talk about black shit on here like black folks have too often fallen victim to the people that are leading these systems and not the systems and how they actually function yeah and then atlanta you know it's the people in charge here really tried to skirt the issue. Like I remember when we were involved in like a week long um, uprising back in 2016. Um, so when we organized those marches, it was on the heels of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling being murdered. And so this is when the city is really starting to feel like the pain from local police brutality cases. So we had had four major police murders in Atlanta and DeKalb County between 2014 and 2016. Um, and a couple of them were really fresh. One of them, Dravius K. Rogers, and the other one, Jamarian Robinson, they happened while we were in the streets, like protesting, like that same week. And so we were mad about housing shit. We were mad about the film industry, the lack of jobs, the police brutality. Like it was just people from across New York came together and marched on Atlanta. And so when we, the organizers, got into conversation with the mayor and the city about it, 
you know, the mayor at the time, Kasim Reed, he was like, I don't want us to make other cities problems and Atlanta problems. So they were, he was thinking, you know, y'all marching against police brutality, y'all are marching against all of these issues. Like, we don't have that problem here. That's not an Atlanta thing. And I'm like, what right, the like, fuck do you mean? This is the black mean? mecca, quote unquote. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, what the fuck do you even mean? Like, when we leave here, we're sitting down with the families of these people who've been murdered by pigs since we've been in the street. You know, we're not just carrying signs for um, Alton Sterling and Philando Castile. And then to be so ignorant as, as a black leader, to disconnect yourself from that shit happening, even if it is only happening in other cities. Like, instead of saying, Atlanta's not going to have some shit like that because we're going to take care of black folks and we're going to, I don't know, disarm the police or work on our police force or get rid of that motherfucker. Like you, you say, no, Atlanta police is good because we don't have these issues here. And they're, the pigs are literally slaughtering people. So it's just like this huge disconnect between who's in charge and who's out here living in the city. And it's probably not even a disconnect. Like them niggas know what the fuck be going on. Yeah, also, like, like, we talked about, like, asked you earlier, I'm like, is it nice? Is it niggas being naive? It's like, nah, it's motherfuckers nah. being flat out violent, anti-black. Yeah, right? yeah, because for them to go, if if the mayor would have said, I'm going to say the names of Alexia Christian, I'm going to say the names of Jamaria Robinson, I'm going to say the name of Jaravis Kane Rogers, and I'm going to hold the, the police force accountable here. You know, the police uh, chief at that time was a black man and had been serving for years, and he's you know, the police chief is always in the pocket of the mayor. Like, he's one of the highest ranking members of the city cabinet. So right. they not gonna, you know, fucking wash hands with each other. Like, no matter what the fuck comes out. And so... they got that class interest. Hell yeah. You know, and the only way big developers are gonna come to town is if, you know, your police force is huge. Because they gotta protect their capital at the expense of these people. Cool. Gotta protect Bro, their capital. That, that's taking it back to the slave days, nigga, when, when humans was capital, my nigga. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, so it just, it, it is what it is here. And I'm like, you know, people move here and they get enamored and I'm just like, you know, enjoy this shit if you want to, but I would encourage you to just read a book on the city. Like, there's so many books written about Atlanta that basically yeah. say the same thing. Like, black wealth is the expense of black, you know, poor. poor. Like, yeah, that it just is what it is. And the black wealthy have always gone hand in hand with the white business, uh, you know, power structure. They live up in Buckhead that govern the city from afar. Like, they don't have to be, you know, in charge of the city government because they got the motherfuckers in their pocket. This is exactly why black capitalism does not fucking work. No, no capitalism Any form of capitalism. Somebody gotta be, somebody has to be at the bottom of the food chain for the system to function. Right. Capitalism is built on exploitation. Yes, exactly. But then you have, you know, the fucking TIs, you feel me? Yeah. Of course oh you're gonna you're gonna preach a system when it's beneficial for you. Right. It's like Absolutely. the TI was still living in the fucking projects, he would not be preaching this shit. You feel me? Because it's unless he had his a class part of interest. That his yeah. class yeah. interest is now, you feel me, with the capitalist class, you feel me? Yeah. Hiller Mike, same thing. You feel me? Even though you know he tried to put on that Bernie shit or whatever that shit is called. <laughs> but then he flip flopped on that shit. I remember so the mayoral race here, like we voted for our new mayor back in 2017. A lot of shit happened in 2017. My God. Um but Killer Mike was really down with the Bernie-aligned candidate, um, Senator Vincent Fort, who has been a major ally, actually, to um, the community organizing and progressive Black Atlanta for years. Um, so, you know, I, I fuck with Senator Fort. I have my critiques, but that's, that's the homie, for real. Um, but he's a super Bernie bro for what it means. And Killer Mike was, like, all in his pocket. He's like, yeah, support Vincent Fort, support Vincent Fort. And then when Fort got kicked out of the running, and it was... 
our current Mayor Keisha Bottoms versus this super conservative Trump alone white woman. Killer Mike was like all up in the mic. Like we need Keisha, you know, she from Atlanta, she from the real West side. She can call your heights. She went to, you know, I get, I think she went to Douglas high. Yeah. She went to Douglas high school. So she, she a real West Atlanta, basically West Atlanta nigga. Like, you know, we got to preserve the city. We got to preserve the culture. So vote her. And it's like, why is this type of rhetoric being used? Like this bitch is a tyrant. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Where this, I just, <laughs> whew, she's a fucking tyrant. I'm like, she sold the community like piece by piece. I, I don't, the shit that we went through at Turner Field, she was a city council person who sat on the Fulton County Rec Authority that owned the stadium for the city and sold it for the low to the private developers at the university. This shit all comes yeah. down to platforms and fucking resources. Bro. <laughs> yeah. like, when you got the niggas with the loudest voices, like who who's listening to underground community organizers for real? No one. No one. no one. And it's not like they're not Unless in Unless we fight you. <laughs> yeah, Unless like we pull up in the fucking city council meeting like, nigga, you gonna fucking listen today because we stealing this fucking microphone. We do that here often. Like, there's so <laughs> much footage from 2017 where we go to city hall, do what the fuck we're supposed to do, and then they start getting out of hand. I'm like, fuck your meeting. Literally, like, I don't care. You're not having a meeting. Until yeah. you vote for what we came here for, you're not having a meeting. And then they vote in the wrong favor and then it's a fucking protest. I'm like, I'm tired. Like, Atlanta's so exhausting. Yeah. Being here is so exhausting all the time. So just, you know, circling back to Tyler Perry and the conversation we was having about that. Like, how do you feel about how he made his money? Because I know we was, we was on the last episode oh, of Hell yeah. Black. You know, we was just like kind of getting into that. But like, ah, uh, we should just stop because I don't feel like we got the range. But it was oh, it was right after the Ebo Black th- thought she had happened. So I was like, fuck, oh, we should be speaking. All it was after or before? I feel like that was before. <laughs> I don't know. Anytime we talk about like women and queer shit on here as niggas who are not Either yeah. one of those, I just be like, are we taking up space? So niggas just yeah. try to be like conscious of that, but we definitely wanted to address it because I seen a lot of women talking yeah. about it. And I yeah. feel like yeah. Tyler Perry just made his money off of a mammy caricature. You know, he absolutely did. Um, off of palatable, you know, palatable displays of blackness. You know, it's like his movie. We know his films; they have the same tropes, right? Like hyper biblical, like Christian rhetoric. And His like, plays you know, used to go up at my family picnics, though. Like after every absolutely. family picnic, we'd go absolutely. back to the crib, order the fight, watch the Tyler Perry. <laughs> I swear to God, nigga, if you ain't black, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, like, yeah, nigga, I mean, nigga, I mean the same time I'm critiquing nigga. this nigga, I'm like, nigga, I've watched that nigga's movies, really but it's also that nigga like plays with my great grandma, bro. But niggas yeah. do not critique the shit because they like the shit. You feel me? We so passed like, that though. Yeah. 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 I mean, we have to recognize, like, we grew... No, you're good. You have to recognize the fact that we grew up on that shit. So as you grow up, you learn to be critical. It's hella shit that we watched back in the day that we look at it now like, oh shit. Like, that was out of pocket. That's problematic as fuck. 99% like, dragging, of things. <laughs> we dragging Dave Chappelle now. Like, what is Tyler Perry? Yeah, at this like, point? we grew like, up on Dave Chappelle, but like, yeah. that nigga was foul as shit. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yo, we couldn't recognize it back then. But like, absolutely. Tyler Perry has built an entire brand off of cosplaying, you know, black womanhood. Like, he, Medea, his biggest character, she is a gunslinging like grandma from the West End of Atlanta, which is also what's sick about the, the development of his studio. He built the replica of Medea's house that exists in the West End that's probably owned by gentrifiers now. That whole street where that house is, it's just like all those houses are four or $500,000 because they're huge, like old style Victorian, I guess, like mini mansions. Um, and so I'm like, you know, you have the aesthetics of the hood, you have the aesthetics of black woman culture. Like, you know, a lot of your films deal with black women being, you know, victims of fucking violence, like super problematic, like violent 
ex, it's abuse, it's sexual abuse, it's, you know, harm, like, via, like, the financial system, like, women are homeless. It's like, it's, he thrives off of a progress narrative at the expense of the image of Black womanhood. And I'm like, this shit built the empire that is now displacing the community, and you want me to celebrate Tyler for what? At my intersections, what am I celebrating? Yeah, like, all out of all the things that build your identity, like, what, at what point do you align with this nigga? Like, where? <laughs> like, absolutely nowhere. Like, I'm black, I'm queer, I don't identify as Christian, like, I'm a, I'm a femme, like, none of this, sh- I'm from Atlanta, like, this sh- the place that he constructs his progress narrative off of, and I'm watching the harm that he's doing, so, like, none of this shit is reflective of me, so I don't have, I don't really have many nice things to say about Tyler Perry or the folks, the black, wealthy folks who, sur- who surround him. Like that was wild. Like, like seeing, too. I mean, I seen, yeah. I seen somebody post some shit. Right, it was, it was, it was, um, like talking about the Ellen DeGeneres shit and like how all the folks, like the one percent, came to her aid with, you know, mm-hmm. with the George Bush, with George Bush or whatever. And it's like a tweet had went kind of viral. Was like the one percent have class solidarity? Do you? And it just reminds me <laughs> of like how fucking like. How all poor black folks are willing to cape for the motherfuckers that are like, you're the reason why he's poor. He's able to be a fucking gazillionaire because you're poor. Period. Exactly. Tyler Perry is like staunchly anti-union um, too. Like I remember that came out around the buzz of the studio. Okay, but he giving he, niggas jobs. I'm like, what is <laughs> a job? What is a union? What is a job? Five dollars an hour. Niggas anti-union. Exactly. What the fuck? You know he giving niggas shitty wages. Bro. Literally. No health care, nigga. The- what? People build in the South because you don't have to pay people. You do realize, like, our air quote minimum wage here is, like, $8 an hour, eight fifty an hour. Alabama don't have a fucking minimum wage. That nigga's wage. paying pennies. Like, pennies. this South, people come here because they get the tax breaks. Georgia has some of the most lucrative tax breaks for film development in the fucking nation. Tyler Perry spent $30 million. He's worth 300 and something million dollars. He runs a... That ain't shit to him. Do the math. Do the math. That's nothing. His studios are probably... Damn near a billion dollars worth. He gonna make that like, thirty that million back in the fucking. <laughs> he probably get that back on fucking. Uh, what's the shit called? The little shit. <laughs> like yeah, that shit is back pay for this nigga. Like on his yeah. old Medea plays, yeah, his tax breaks. That. But you know, yeah. he's some revolutionary apparently because he built it on a fucking Confederate army base. Right. Beyonce says she felt the spirit of her ancestors on that, on that set or the, at that shit, whatever the fuck she said. I just, I had no words when she said that. I'm like, this we don't stand a chance. Like I read that yes. shit. And I, like when I saw that whole little, that whole little night, I was like, oh, we don't, we don't have a, we don't stand a fucking chance. I'm like, look at all chance. the people who came here for this shit. And like that was the same weekend as the BET Hip Hop Awards. And you know, you know, that's like the nigger version of the BET Awards. Mm. Like we are doing. Like, like you got this shit going on on one end of the city. Tyler Perry shit going on on the other end of the city. Like, this shit is literally a shit show. I say all the time, like, I live in a dystopia. I live, like, this shit ain't no near future cataclysm for me. Like, this shit is the now. It's happening in real time. Yeah, it's like a rendering. You live in, like, Like, a nigga capitalist central zone. You feel me? It's, like, straight out of Black Mirror. (laughs) Yes. I be looking around all the time, like, this shit literally looks like a painting. So I'm an urban planner. That's my field, my applied field. And I'm like, we get these drawings and shit of like what niggas are going to make the city into or make a, a street into. Every time I walk around Atlanta, I feel like I'm walking around one of them paintings. It's like the painting is just like coming like this shit doesn't feel Isn't it wild when you see the development come to life? Yeah. When you like, wow, this shit looks exactly the way they said it would. 
<laughs> like, yo, this shit looks like a fucking, I don't know, like a video, like a game board. Like, a like this shit is actually Monopoly. Yes, it is. It literally is with, like five hands at the table. Literally. It's, it's, it's wild being here. Yeah, we're, um, I don't know, we got some like development shit going on in the Bay Area right now. I don't know if you're familiar, like what's going on with the Oakland A's. And oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, like the Raiders left, the mm-hmm. uh, Warriors, Warriors left. left. And mm-hmm. now it's like the A's are the only team left in Oakland, the only Oakland-based team. But the Raiders haven't mm-hmm. left yet. They're about to leave. Um, but, yeah, so the, 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 that'll leave the A's as the only Oakland-based team. And they want to build a new uh, stadium on the water. Like, I don't know if you – like, most baseball stadiums mm-hmm. are on the water. It looks hella nice, right? Uh, yeah. But a part of this plan is, like, developing, like, a new fucking amphitheater, um, housing, of course, restaurants. Like, it's just oh, this, wow. this big-ass plan, right? Um, this is in the mm-hmm. middle of the hood too, like West Oakland. You feel me? Which is where mm-hmm. all the you feel me? The black people came from the south. Yeah, first stop was where West niggas Oakland. was redlined. Honestly, it's like where motherfuckers yeah. was redlined. And then, in, in addition to that, it's like home to the third largest port on the West Coast. So, like a lot of black folks in Oakland were doing longshoreman jobs because no none of the white folks wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Right? It was like fucking labor. It was physical labor. Um, so, like right now, we're we're doing some organizing around that with the longshoremen. Um, and it's just wild to see how they're trying to change the city. And I don't know, you made a point about it when y'all was doing the the shit against Turner Field about it being a lot of elders. It's hella yeah. elder. Like the longshoremen are fucking OGs to be like it's yeah. like my fucking great uncle out there and shit. Um but yeah, it's, it's just elders fucking, is really fucking rocking. Yeah. Still. Mm-hmm. And like niggas have the nerve to disrespect our fucking elders sometimes. And the shit the shit that I always bring up when I'm in these spaces, I'm like especially when I'm doing trainings for young organizers who's trying to get on. Cause I'm real, like I want people to plug into the work, but I'm also very territorial about community because like the elders in these communities are like my surrogate grandparents. These are like my aunts and uncles and shit. Like this isn't a fucking game for me. This is family. It's not just community that I'm here to like help out. Like I, there ain't no community service organizing or community service hours for this shit. There ain't no, you know, salaries for this shit. So you know, when I go in there and I'm just like looking at the, the struggle, I'm like, y'all have to understand that these elders are doing this out of their like necessity. It's for their survival. They don't get no fucking medal of honor for this. And these people are 50, 60, 70 years old, fucking marching, sitting in on meetings. Like, you know, one of my closest elders, like she um, had an, an aneurysm, like a brain aneurysm when we were at a community, um, a city hall meeting. Um, opposing the sale of the gulch, which is another big development piece of bullshit here in Atlanta. Like, they were there. The, the community had organized against that for months. The final vote went until after midnight and the stress from it. Like, she left and went to the hospital. I'm like, she could have died right there in the city hall chambers. Like, that is what elders are putting on the line to stay in their homes and to keep a community for y'all niggas to inherit. And this is what the fuck you do to them. So I take that shit very seriously when organizing with elders. Yeah, it was just, and you got to think about like what these motherfuckers them been through up until now, right? Like, mm-hmm. like nigga, like yeah. my, my great uncle was born in the fifties, my nigga. But then like, was a panther. Like, <laughs> Been through the fucking ringer with this shit. Started black studies shit at SF State too, right? Yeah, like, like niggas mm-hmm. really seen the shit that we talk about. And you think about the life from. of an organizer, like bro, niggas age. Yes. Expeditions, <laughs> niggas. <laughs> niggas like, age hella fast, bro. Like this should be having me dumbass stressed out. 
I think I got the heart and like back of a fucking forty-seven-year-old. Like this shit is real. I'm All like standing and stressing, and don't don't let you actually really care about some shit because some of the shit that goes on, like when you lose some of this shit, whether you losing people, like the shit can be heartbreaking. Like we do a lot of organizing yes. around like houselessness in the Bay Area. We've lost yes. so many elders, like people that we serve. We've seen mm-hmm. like one weekend they're there, the next weekend they're not. Yeah, that's that another shit is big heartbreaking. Lesson. That shit is, yeah, that's another leg of work that I do. So I'm a harm reductionist, too. So I go out um, late at night and do, um, you know, um, outreach to houses folks as well as, like, sex workers and IV drug users. Um, we give out clean needles, hygiene kits, colds. We take yes, fucking, Lord. we take, um, you know, needs lists. So if we, especially if we find a camp of people and we try to, you know, meet it, we try, if it's, you know, tents, sleeping bags, air mattresses, like heaters, whatever the fuck people need, like we coordinate that shit and do. And it's like this development shit being so out of hand, like the pigs is tearing these fucking camps down. And that's those are stories from Atlanta that you'll never hear. You might hear the story of the Turnerfield elder who lives in um, you know, public housing who's organizing her tenants against the stadium because like she's somewhat of a air quote deserving poor person, but the people with like no homes, the people who they see is voiceless. Like you ain't gonna never hear shit about them unless it's, oh, they closing the largest homeless shelter in the city. But like after the sh- shelters close, it's like, who is here serving folks? I live in the neighborhood where the shelter that closed is. And so I see the camp directly across the street from my apartment every fucking night. I go close the blinds and there they are. And I'm like, we be out here serving people and you lose them left and right. And those are lives that folks don't even know existed. Cause it's just the homeless person that you walk by every day. Right. And I'm like, no, like I knew their name. Like I knew their story. Right. Like my like dog broke off a leash and this nigga caught her for me and like handed her right back. Cause like he knows my face and name and it's like, you know, you be out here. Like that's, those are my neighbors. Those aren't just like the homeless people on my street. Those are my neighbors. Like, so I feel y'all on the losing them and like dealing with constant like heartbreak and shit. It's real. Right. We be out there serving folks sometimes and like, Motherfuckers will walk like directly past us through our program to the brunch yeah. spot. Like crackers. Like to the to the brunch spot. I'm like, bro, yeah. like, niggas walk through the program. Like it's motherfuckers in line getting food, clothes, and all this shit. And niggas just like walk through your shit to mm-hmm. to go to the to the brunch spot on a Sunday. Yeah, that the brunch culture is wow. Jeez. Yeah, it'd be oh, crackers. I wish I had the access. <laughs> like, yeah, I wish I had the access. Like, niggas like, could, culture. but it's like, could you live that way knowing that you just walking past your people? <laughs> like what? Right. Right. It's it's wild. Like I remember some of the direct actions that we were doing. We did black brunches. Um, so you know, we would just go to a known brunch spot on a Saturday or Sunday and we like, did that same shit too in Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, hella niggas just yelling and shit, yeah. like protesting whatever. Yeah, yeah, probably I know it was like a tactic a lot of us were using back then, but it's that shit came back up on Twitter a couple weeks ago for some reason. I'm like, wow. Oh, because Anthony Hill of a black man that was murdered by cops back right. in 2000, yeah, 2014 or 15 when he was in the middle of a psychotic break. Yeah, yeah, mental health crisis. Was he yeah. in the military? Yeah, he was a yeah. former airman in like the Like, the nigga was, like, excited that the police, <laughs> like, he was happy the police were coming. Yeah, he was like, oh, great. And then they murdered him right there. He had no clothes on, so it's not like he was armed. You could clearly see he wasn't armed. And um, that happened. And so the officer finally went to trial this year and we got the verdict earlier this week um, that he was guilty. So we were excited to get him indicted on six counts, including murder. They called it manslaughter, not murder. And um, 
he got accused or he got charged with um like false narratives and false statements and some mm. like the lighter shit. But the two so heavy. Like how much time is this nigga? He's gonna do like three years. I don't know. They haven't they haven't given us the the sentence or mm. the amount of time yet. Because they did the same shit with Oscar Grant. Like they found the yeah. yeah. nigga do like eleven months. Eleven you months. Know, yeah. yeah. That's wild. We was hella young when that shit happened. I will never forget that nigga name. It was a high school, bro. I will still never forget that nigga Mesley. name, bro. Johannes Mesley. Like, bro, I still, bro. I was going to high school at fucking Dallasau, nigga. I was living on. I was living on High Street. That's the same stop yeah. as Fruitvale Station. Yeah. Damn. This shit. It be. It be wild, nigga. We all young as fuck. Like, yeah. Yeah. Re- forget that shit. I'll be having to remind myself. I'm like, yo, I'm 26. Like 27, bro. Like, like this shit. <laughs> young as fuck. And it's like my that peers that I be throwing down with are way younger. Like a lot of them are 22, 23. They just finished undergrad this past spring. Niggas and, like, niggas the graduated. Real, and I'm like, y'all been doing this shit. We've been doing this shit since you were like. 18. If you a student active, if you a student mm. activist, my nigga, depend on when you started your student activism. If you was in BSU as a high school student, nigga, and you dealt with a mm-hmm. racist institution, nigga, you might have been doing this shit since you was 14, 15 years old for real. Hell yeah. Like consciously doing it, you know? I remember protesting in solidarity with the Gina Six shit in my uh, Mississippi when I was in high school. Um, when the white racists had hung up those nooses yep. to threaten the black students at the school in Mississippi. I remember mm-hmm. that. That was like my first protest in solidarity. And Trayvon Martin and then Mike Brown and then all of the names on the list. Like, we need to constantly keep saying, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, well, we appreciate you for real. You just dropped hell with game. Absolutely. I know I when you can't recommend it by Clarissa, you is gonna come with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Clarissa <laughs> is my fucking sister. Like I love Clarissa <laughs> for to fucking death. Like we can literally fight. You fucking with Clarissa. Like that's on everything. We yeah, had Clarissa, people yeah. from the A, you feel me? <laughs> I came to the A and Clarissa showed me around, so they forever <laughs> in my favor. I love Clarissa. Hell yeah, that's the homie. So to tap into this next part of the episode, you feel me? Patreon. We should, we should let them boost their socials, though. Yeah. You want to boost your socials first for the, before we get into the extended content so motherfuckers can know where to find you and all that kind of shit? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's the same on Twitter and Instagram at Colonize Local. Um, I think on Instagram it's like T Sierra, and on Twitter it's T Money Penny, like spelled like T the beverage. Um, but yeah, that's that's my socials. I like uniformity so people can find me more, I guess, like easily. I don't give out Facebook because that shit kind of weird, but that's Twitter yeah. and Instagram. Facebook is yeah. old. All the old people be on there now. Not to be yeah, ageist, I, but I offend a lot of my Facebook followers because whoops, don't but, you know. <laughs> See how they do our legends? Why y'all doing our elders like that? <laughs> Why they doing us like that? Shit, <laughs> bro. The shit I got on Facebook. <laughs> shit, bad, my family be like, "What do you mean? You like you're okay with fat people?" I'm like, "Oh my god." Oh my god, the fat phobia, the homophobia, the queer phobia jumps out. Yeah, like the only reason why I'm on Facebook <laughs> is because of my family fucking reunion group. <laughs> 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 to stay in contact with all my, you feel me, cousins and shit. I do it for organizing. A lot of the organizing events that you, if you want to plug in in Atlanta, are Facebook events, and a lot of that shit starts from there. So. Cool. Anything else you want to shout out before we go on to this next part? Oh, yeah. So um, that's my I gave away my social media. I'm also I do a little web series with Deshaun Harrison, who's also been on here and our friend uh, Justin James, who do cultural critique. And I talk about a lot of his politics shit. It's called In the Middle and it's on the King of Reads Network, King of Reads um, on YouTube. So, yeah, I'll just drop some shit, too. Right. 
yeah, we dropped some shit uh, yesterday afternoon. So our new video, so I talk about Tyler Perry on there and a lot of the shit that happened last week from Emo Black God. Um, so yeah, Justin and Deshaun are a hoot, and our show is pretty fucking <laughs> <laughs> like they are fucking fools. I was like, I and, didn't uh, realize you was on that shit too. I was like, yeah, that's 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 some gold right there, some black gold right there. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, that's I think that's content. our that's our like fourth or fifth episode um, of in the middle that I've done. I did some shit with a bigger cast at the beginning of the year, talking about R. Kelly and talking about um, Jussie Smollett and Twenty One Savage. So yeah, it's all it's all there if you look it up on YouTube. In the middle for Kangaroos. That's it. Yeah. So, well, to tap into this next part of the episode, Patreon.com/slash/HellbackPod. You feel me? Like this shit on SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes. You feel me with the Apple Podcast app. Or pretty much wherever podcast app you be fucking with, we we there except Spotify because they ain't fucking with us yet. But tap in for show. Tell your cousin. Tell your auntie. It's Hella Black. <laughs>